0: I don't know what rendition that was. But I have to say, I was up front here and I said, God, I don't want to leave. I don't want this to stop. Can we just keep singing and singing and singing and singing? I'm humbled sometimes by the grace and love of God. That we get to come to a church where not for one second, not for one minute, was I forsaken. That the Lord is in this place. When I think of that song, I think, you know, I think a desire of mine, and it should be for every Christian, that each and every one of us would have a closer, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, it's funny how uh, the movement of the Holy Ghost or the movement of the Holy Spirit can do one of two things. It can get you excited to praise or it could put you in a place of true surrender and humility where you feel like, you know, God, I just want to stand in your presence. I just want to be still and know that you are God. And I think, you know, it's in these moments that don't happen to me every week that I feel like I just want to feel his presence and stand in his presence and know that he is with us, that we're not forsaken. That, you know people will say things yesterday I did a wedding and and a lady said to me at the at the reception, I bet you your church is lively. I said, Well, I don't know. Why do you say that? She said, Well, because you're lively. And I said, well, then you better come to our church, and I don't see her here today. So I need to, we need to make sure she needs to be here. She needs some life. But, you know, I have to say it's not me that gives me life because there's days I come in here and I'm tired. I'm wore out and I'm exhausted. And yet I know that I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I know that he is with us. And it's in moments like that just took place that I feel very encouraged to know that I'm not forsaken. That the lord is in this place That no matter what i'm going through God is in this place This wasn't part of my message and and i'm going to incorporate something because i believe i'm just following the holy spirit, but Wherever you're at and whatever you're going through you're in your space Right here right now, and I don't know what you're going through but today Because it's the second part of the series that I started two weeks ago About life is hard god is good That I want you in your space to say this not for one minute was I forsaken Because the lord is in my space Isn't that a great thought that he's in our space. He's right here with us. He's among us You know We use this I think sometimes very flippantly as well Well, guess what we're two or more gathered in my name, you know Jesus is here with you It's so plastic It's so superficial But I want you to know that today That he is here with us In this place In this space and Jesus is with us and no matter What you're going through no matter what it looks like to you today I hope I can say that You know we can say truly that God is good and we're going to move from that transition of you know saying life is hard and praise God through the valley praise God in the storm Because you heard me say through the prayer and I God just gave that thought to me in psalms 23 it says Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death we will fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff are there with me They what they Comfort because he's there as a comforter to us and that's what i'm going to be speaking on today And if you have your bibles if you will turn to second corinthians chapter 1 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I will be reading through verses 1 through 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And I believe that Paul was going through a difficult time, and I won't go ahead of myself here, but as we read this, I want us to kind of think of a difficult time that maybe... Might be in our life, maybe what we're traveling through right now, whatever that affliction might look like and i'll be breaking that down for you today And can I just encourage you church to try to just stay with me? Um, I don't know where i'm going, but I want you to walk away encouraged. I want you to walk away saying, you know, I got something from the word of god so 2 corinthians chapter 1 Verses 1 through 11 My wife's winking at me she always says, why do you always say 2 Corinthians? Because I think it sounds cool. Anyhow, and you know, I, I just wanted to say it. So 2 Corinthians, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's get going here because we're going to like rear this thing up, right? Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all who comforts us in all of our so that we may be able to those who are in any affliction with, uh, with which we ourselves are by God. We continue in verse 5. It says this, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in too. If we are afflicted, it is for your and salvation. And if we are, it is for your which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope. For you is unshaken for we know that as you share in our sufferings you will also share in our For we do not want you to be unaware brothers of the affliction we experienced in Asia For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself That verse Sends me into a whole nother place which i'll touch base on but that is a very powerful Yet heavy heavy Verse that paul was speaking of so then we continue in verse 9. It says indeed We felt that we had received the sentence of death But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on god who raises the dead He delivered us from Such a deadly peril and he will do what? On him we have set our hope that he will Again You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. Church, God is able. God is able to take your mess and make it a miracle. God is able to take your lemons and make them lemonade. God is able to take your bad and make it better. And God is able to turn your yesterdays Into a better tomorrow. It's one thing to have pain. It's a whole different ball game to have pain with a purpose. All of us at one time or another are hurting financially. Maybe uh, circumstantially, relationally, physically. We're all hurting. It comes in all shapes and sizes. But when you can add purpose to pain. Then you're not in pain for no reason at all. So Paul the Apostle knew what pain was, and he describes you can have pain with a purpose. Why? Because he almost died. And God was using it for his own purposes. You may be going through right now. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know that God might be using your pain for a purpose. God has a word of hope for each And every one of us in this room for each and every one of us from his word this morning So let's get right to it so we can show you that there is a purpose in your pain Let me pray father god. We love you and we thank you lord for this word father. Thank you for reminding me that this message today Is for me That there's always purpose in the pain that we go through And so god, I pray that you'll lift me up Raise me up Resurrect me Bring me from the state of dead to life God speak through me today Let your word resonate in the hearts and souls of every person in this room Lord may we walk away with a spiritual prescription To get through the difficult times of our life Thank you father That you're here again Thank you for your presence in Jesus name. Amen So in 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 Paul wants to tell you the truth and first of all Let's let the Apostle Paul establish the fact the fact is life can be fit painful. Would you agree? That's fact and all the spiritual serendipities and all the nuances of celebrating all that God is is Does not change the reality that life can be painful? Jesus said, In this world you will have in this world you will have tribulation. In this world you will have troubles. But he said, But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Sin has so made its mark on society that its repercussions are felt. Some because they're caused by us, some because they're done to us by somebody else. No matter what, all of it hurts. All of it is painful. And a careful examination of the passage lets us know how real that this is. So notice in verse 4, if you have your Bibles, he comforts us in our affliction. Yet the end of verse 4, in any affliction, then we notice the beginning of verse 6, he says, if we are afflicted, then it goes right into the middle of verse 7. Shares of our suffering. The middle of verse 8, we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction. And in verse 9, indeed, we had the sentence of death. I get the impression here that Paul is in a painful situation, and he's not by himself through this. He says, our affliction, it wasn't singular, it was plural. It's not just me, it's my associates, and it's not even the church of Corinth. He said, I can walk up and down the aisles, and I would say that was probably for, remember the song by uh, shiny plastic people with all the shiny plastic steeple, casting crowns? Every time I think of that, I think about looking out and I see all these people that are mannequins. You know, because if you were to think about it, if I were to run up and down the aisles today, we would be faked out by the facade. We'd be faked out by sometimes the look or the dress or the plastic smiles. Or how about this? Not only just that, it might be difficult because some will give us the impression that everything's okay in their life. Sometimes people have said to me pastor. I don't want to go to church I don't want to be there today because the pain is too difficult I don't want to be nice to anybody and I don't want them to be nice to me It's difficult, but we have to understand What the scripture says and i'm going to get into it before we I Let go of some of the uh, Points that I have that are coming up If we could take off the jacket and remove the makeup For some of us remove the toupee and the wig just kidding it would become clear that sometimes life hurts Maybe you've just come out of it. Maybe you're in it or maybe you're healed or headed towards it But the reality is there is Affliction, you know, we hear it all the time. Don't we god is good all the time and all the time god is good And while it would be a true statement, because after all, we're Christians, and that's what we're supposed to say, sometimes it's just difficult to truly say that in the midst of our pain and in the midst of our suffering, in the amidst and amidst the affliction of our life. Here's what's interesting about this passage. The Apostle Paul is speaking and there's no debate that he is probably the most spiritual Christian who ever lived He is head and shoulders above anybody else above anyone else when it comes to declaring the faith Representing the faith and suffering for the faith His own descriptions of everything that he went through as a follower of Christ is daunting It's hard to conceive That one man could go through so much pain, so much affliction, yet he did, didn't he? Some would have to think, if I'm following Jesus, and I'm serving Jesus, and I'm loving Jesus, I'm not supposed to hurt. And I know you've heard me say that, and a lot of times I'll say, because we're a victor, not a victim. We claim it. But a lot of Paul's pain was because he was following Jesus. Because he was living for Jesus, because he was a visible, verbal follower of Christ, and not just the secret agent man. He wasn't just a secret agent representative. He was declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was in the midst of his faith and function in accordance with that faith that often... Was the cause of his pain. Yes. There is pain because of disobedience. And we experience that. And we see that. When we sin we hurt. Because it has consequences. But there can also be pain because of your obedience. There can also be pain because of your obedience. For some of you. You've had some financial hardships. Maybe for some of you. You've lost your job. And the raises. And there are some Gone bad in your life and some things just go bad Some things happen because life just hits you and affliction after affliction after affliction Just hits you over. I love what the greek word affliction means affliction means trouble or distress trouble or distress he says Our affliction because he is including You and me in it. So let's get something straight before we go any further. Look around at the people and say, that's around you, life can hurt. Life can hurt. Okay. So life can hurt, right? People pass. People get sick. And we ask ourselves the question, Jesus, where are you? Jesus where are you I can't find you I can't feel you I've even called you But the question I want to ask you this morning is have you been looking for Jesus and not been able to locate him I've tried to track him down And I couldn't find him I dialed his number And it was off the hook I cried out And there was no answer well, if we're all honest with each other church You wouldn't be alone By stating some of those facts, right? We've all said it We've all been there God, I need you to answer this prayer today Not tomorrow, not the next day In Job chapter 23, he says this I look north Job was, Job was right in the middle of affliction He was right in the middle of hardship He said, I looked north and I couldn't find you I went south and I couldn't find you I looked east and I looked west. I looked everywhere for you, God. And Job says in Job 23, and he says, and I could not find you. And in the Bible tells us Job was a righteous man. So don't be lied to. Life hurts. No matter how good you are, no matter how perfect you are or what righteous life you try to live, we see that here that God will in his sovereignty, which I'll be getting to, he will give you double for your trouble. We all suffer different levels different times different strokes for different folks, but it can hurt And you do cry sometimes no matter how much you love jesus It happens So the bad news if I can't call it that the bad news is affliction And paul said it He said it got so bad that it hurt so much It got so deep in verse 8. It says, we despaired even to the end of life. We despaired. Can you imagine being at a place where you just say, I'm sick of it. It's easier for me to be dead than it is to be alive. The sufferings of Christ are harder than I ever could imagine. The pain is just too much for us to bear. We've been there. But there's a second word. And the second word that we've got to come to grips with, and it is the word comfort. Circle it. Highlight it. Do whatever you need to do with this because I'm going to bring this uh, to your attention today. In the end of verse 3, the God of all comfort, the beginning of verse 4, who comforts. The middle of verse four able to comfort the next line is the affliction with the comfort and the end of verse four comforted of God If you notice here in the end of verse five Also our comfort and the beginning of verse six. It says it is for your comfort and then it continues in verse six If we are comforted and then he continues in six it is for your comfort Now we conclude with verse 7, and it says that he's the sharer of our comfort. Comfort. The Greek word for comforter is paraclete, and it is the word spoken of by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a great thought? When Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter, whose job it will be to come alongside you and assist you. It says in John chapter 14, verse 26, it says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Then in John chapter 15, verse 26, it reads, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Then in First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it reads, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to men. God is what? Faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Notice the word, it said with, not from, but with. God is with you. And he's there to help you. It says, but will with the temptation also may a w- make a way of escape. Interesting, isn't it? Not only does God send a problem, but he sends something else with it. And the problem is that we get stuck on the problem and we never see the accompanying thing that he sends with it. Paul says that with the affliction... He provides a comforter. The comforter comes alongside the affliction. He provides the comfort in verse 4. He provides the comfort in verse 4. He provides the comfort in verse 4. He brings the Holy Spirit in verse 4. He brings the comforter to us through our affliction. Look here. In the midst of your affliction, affliction, you are to theologically Are to focus on your pain. Give dignity to our pain. There is purpose in our pain. We don't like the pain. Don't want to be satisfied with the pain. But while you're facing the pain. He says I want you to add purpose to your pain. In verse 5. The comforter. So we face affliction. We face hardship, and yet Paul was saying that during the difficult times of our life, he will send a comforter. Did you see that in there? Is everybody with me? I think when I said I was preaching to myself, I think I meant that. Amen, preacher. (laughs) So if the comforter is there in the midst of your affliction, then you should have peace and not worry. Amen preacher can you go a little deeper sure I will because life is hard and God is good So let me show you something. So in this room today, we're a little bit Chilly now. I wanted to bring the temperature down to about 62 in here I wanted to see everybody bundled up So i'm going to have my daughter victoria come up here real quick if she will and then I want to show you something that I thought was really interesting (laughs) because she's dealing with freezing in the sanctuary It's actually because she's afflicted by this wonderful air conditioning system that we have Now for me, I could we could probably turn it down a couple more degrees But in this illustration, what I want to show you is that, you know, as I was thinking about this Sermon, I couldn't help but think about the comforter And many times isn't it amazing how you go to bed, right? So the temperature set in your house It's 68 degrees, it's 70, 69, I don't know, 70, we like to turn it down to about 65 at night, so there's icicles. So, you know, you get ready for bed, hey, we jump into bed, right? So you jump into bed, and you're freezing, but what happens in the middle of the night that thermostat says it's still set at 66 degrees, but why does my room feel like it's 95 degrees? Don't say it's my age and I'm going through andropause pause because you might be telling the truth. So whip, whip those blankets off. That was Becky a couple years ago. And, uh, and her and I, we always talk about this. But there's always this, this sense of, you know, now we're vulnerable, right? We're uncovered. And yet, take your hoodie off. Enough of that right now. So in order to understand the warmth and the presence of God, I have what is called a comforter. So we take the comforter (laughs) and we wrap up in it to where you're nice (laughs) and warm, right? So here's what we're noticing here. We're noticing that the comforter... Is giving us a sense of protection and warmth So last night we had my grand dolls at the house and they spent the night And if I had them in here, I would give an illustration, but I don't but after last night when olivia had her bath and she loves her baths And you know, we stick her in the sink because she's just a few months old And uh, she, you know, she's grinning and she's talking and cooing and doing all the little things they do I always take and I comfort her, but it's really cool because we take this, we lay it out on the counter. Remember that day, when, if you had little ones? We lay them out, and I think it's really cool because I brought this over here, and her blankie, you know, her little tower, whatever you want to call this, goes over her head. So last night when I laid her down on the counter, I wrapped her all up, and all I could see was her eyes and her little nose. <laughs> and then when I moved it, she's grinning. You know why? Because she felt comforted she felt safe she was all bundled up in her Little towel good job victoria keep it up anyhow (laughs) Then we have our other little grand doll that's there and I don't it's kind of bizarre the, the way they do these things But I wanted to give you kind of a visual today. This is called a sleep sack now to me a sleep sack it's crazy to me when you're a baby they they put you in a straight jacket and they call that a sleep sack i don't know what psychomaniac came up with that but they like it so swaddle them till they can't move and sometimes i'm wondering watch their face they might not be able to breathe but uh but anyhow so every night that libby spends the night papa and bebe get out her sleep sack and then she goes no, nine night nine, Papa. No, night-night, nine, nine, bb, No, nine night So she knows that there's something about her sleep sack. But when she wakes up and she has sleepy eyes and she knows that in the middle of the night, you know, in case the temperatures drop, what do we do? She's in this to do what? To keep her warm, to make her feel a sense of protection. You know, her arms and so forth are covered by by something that's there. That is called making her feel a sense of comfort and yet safety. While she sleeps we don't have to worry about it And so what we start to notice that even throughout all of our life good job, victoria We'll let you go back. I know you hate to have to give up the comforter (laughs) I'll let you take it Anyhow We start We start to see that that god is the god of comfort and he wants to comfort us in our trials. Here's a very simple principle. And here's what I want to teach you. The worse the pain gets, the deeper the focus on the Lord. He called your pain sharing in the suffering of Christ. He says that I want you in the middle of what you're going through to focus on the fact that if you're seeking the Lord, that you're serving the Lord, committed to the Lord. I want your focus to be on the Lord so that while you're going through this, the God who allowed the affliction, the God who allowed the affliction can also share in the comfort. That's what it says in verse 5. He wants God to transition over to you. So let me just stop right here before I start winding things down and talk about the sovereignty of God. That means that nothing has happened to you that didn't pass through God's fingers first Nothing has happened to you that didn't pass through God's fingers first That's why sovereignty means God is in control Even because he causes it or because he allows it He allows it and so therefore We claim it Romans 8 28 and we know all things work together for good to them that love the lord and are called according to his purpose If you're pursuing god in the midst of what he has allowed You'll watch this When you're pursuing him in the middle of what he's allowed you'll see the power so One of my greatest passages of all times is in daniel chapter 3 Bob you'll appreciate this when there was the three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and what was going on? King Nebuchadnezzar said, I want you to bow down to this idol. And he said, I'm not going to bow down to this idol. I will not make no other image before me other than the God of heaven and the God of earth. But what he did here is we start to see in the sovereignty of God, there was these three little Hebrew boys from entering the fiery furnace. See, Here's what I love about the story, and I won't spend a lot of time on it. Not only did he enter into the fiery furnace, he joined them in the fiery furnace. The fire was fire, was it not? Was the fire cold or was it hot? So the fire was hot. But its effect on them wasn't normal because he joined them in it. Do you hear that? So the effect on them Wasn't normal because he joined them in it if god hasn't taken you out of it Let him join you in it so that its effect can and will change you Did I just say that So we're supposed to say I'm gonna praise you in the storm. That sounds like a song. Maybe I ought to write something like that That he'll praise us In the storm if god hasn't taken you out of it. Let him join you in it so that its effect is changed. Wow. that awesome? That is good stuff. And I know that even in my own life, so I'm preaching to myself. See, my prayer, my desire is to see him deliver you, deliver me, and deliver all of us. But while you're waiting and fellowshipping with him, realize that you're in the sufferings of Christ. It says we are afflicted in every way, not crushed. Listen we are afflicted in every way but not crushed Mm -hmm. I think the comforter is coming. I think he's here. He says we are perplexed But not despairing. He says we are persecuted. We are persecuted at work By family through gossip, but he says but we're not forsaken He says we are struck down but not destroyed Always carrying about in the body the dying of jesus so that the life of jesus may be manifest in our body He says the circumstances may knock you down, but they won't knock you out If you're caring about your identity in jesus christ So when you're going through your affliction, that is not the time to run from the lord It is time to run to the lord Right? We look at our churches all over and we see people running from the Lord because we can't handle it anymore. God knows what we're going through. God knows you're in labor. God knows you're afflicted. He knows you're in pain. But he also knows that there is something in you that he wants to birth out of you. And that is the manifestation of the life of Christ. Isn't that cool? I love the word manifestation. I I could preach a whole message on the whole manifestation of Christ. Maybe that will be next week. The new experience with Christ that you wouldn't have without the affliction. Without the focus on Jesus Christ, the pain is just painful. And it is not purposeful. Verse 4, who comforts us with our affliction? So that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves have been comforted. Watch this. God comforts you so that you can become a comforter for somebody else. In the midst of your pain, God says, let comfort come through you. While you are needing comfort to you, God says you can become a comforter with the same comfort. It's always more blessed to give than it is to receive. Don't be a constipated Christian. In the midst of getting out of your affliction, I want you to be a comforter. And if you're a constipated Christian, you can't bless other people because you're all packed up. Let the river flow. That's a song too. You know it's interesting so when affliction comes in your life It's very easy. Just try this bless you. God bless you. God bless you Can I do something kind for you? Can I do something special for you? God bless you Isn't it great just to be able to comfort somebody because he says with the same comfort that god bestowed upon your life Is the same comfort that you will receive from the comforter So if you take the word for what it says you'll know that you too can fight through it I'm speaking to myself Because sometimes I think that sometimes life is just so stressful And it becomes so wearing and I get wore down that I'm thinking man, what can I do? And God says don't you worry Todd Keep on blessing and blessing 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 and before long, the comforter will come and wrap his loving arms around me, because I know I picked up the cross of Christ, and I know that his sufferings weren't in vain, and my sufferings aren't in vain. So let me say this. In Second Corinthians, chapter seven verses five through seven, it says this, "For even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without fear within." And in verse 6 it says but God who comforts comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus and not only by his coming but also by the comfort with which he was comforted by you as he told us of your longings your mourning your zeal for me so that I rejoiced still the more God is using people to bring us comfort feel it see it understand it are you willing to be used And can you say, yes, I can identify with the pain. Yes, I can identify. You see, church, you can't experience God for you without ministry to others. So if you've come to worship self today versus service, your experience of God will be limited. God must remove. Our self-sufficiency. Let me say this in closing. He said in verse 9 that he is the God who comes. He says, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Ooh. This is probably one of the greatest scriptures and principles of scripture of all time. Listen. God must remove ourselves, our self-sufficiency. It's called brokenness. Where we no longer depend on ourselves because we can't. You just can't. Nothing to do. Nowhere to go. You've lost your energy you have no energy you're done And he says now you are in the perfect position Now you are right Where you're supposed to be You see Because now only when you get to the end of yourself you get to the beginning of god right church Now stay with me Because now Only god gets the glory Only God gets the credit only God gets the praise He let us get to the point of death so that we would no longer trust ourselves And that's good news Palm Sunday Man, they were waving those palm branches. There was a celebration going on. There was a parade happening But yet friday was a coming Friday was right around the corner when at that point on that Thursday night as Jesus was preparing and here He was in the Garden of Gethsemane sweat drops of blood were dripping from His head. He knew that the affliction was real. He knew that the suffering was real. And yet Friday had to come where He was nailed to a wooden cross. Where He was struck. He was striped. A crown of thorns were put on his head. He was whipped to the point where he probably thought at one point, why is this happening to me? Yet in his affliction, the sovereignty of God, the love of God reached down and lifted him up. And he felt great peace. Even though he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, Friday was a bad day coming off a good week And I know for some of you, you might feel that every day is a Friday And I know that you feel that every day that you get up and look up at something Or someone but something is crucifying you Or church For Some of you might say, well, I feel that this just isn't fair Why is this happening? Well, it wasn't fair for Jesus, and it's not fair for you. I have good news. You see, Friday isn't the end of the weekend. Friday wasn't the end of the weekend. It is the beginning. And once we get through Saturday, that Sunday is coming, and God knows that in the midst of your affliction, Paul said that once you're dead, you come back to life. Because resurrection was coming. Let God raise you up. Let God take you from where you're at. Listen to me, church. I don't care what your petition is, what your request is. God is the comforter. You heard me say it. When was the last time you cried out to Him and said, God, let me fill your spirit? Let me fill your spirit. Let me fill your spirit? What are you afraid of? You afraid of that He might manifest Himself and show Himself real in your life? No, let him be real in your life You see god is able to take your mess and do what? Make it a miracle god is able to take your lemons and make you some lemonade You heard me say it in the beginning god is able to take your bad and make it better and god is able to turn your Yesterday's into a better tomorrow. Why because sunday always comes after friday sunday is a new day sunday is a new beginning You might be in the grave on Friday, but your new life has just begun. Will you receive that this morning? Let me read this to you this morning because I really believe that the comforter, Jesus Christ, knows what we're going through. He knows the pain that we're going through. And it says it here in Isaiah chapter 53. Follow with me and we'll conclude. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. I love this prophetic message I love that. It's talking about Jesus. I use it Because he was a root out of dry ground at Christmas time a lot of times we use this but listen to it today in a whole different frame For he grew up before him like a young plant like a root. Sorry. He was just okay Out of ground he had no former majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him however, he was despised and rejected by man A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was what? And we esteemed him not. Then it continues Surely he has borne our griefs, he's carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him, stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed. For our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, here we go. Ready, church? He was oppressed. He was what? Afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before it shears is silent. So you know he didn't open up his mouth. I just got to tell you church. There's times lately I've been so angry that I wanted to open up my mouth and I said to hell with you Satan. I can't do this My anger let it go So I can just see and sense the presence and power of Christ To know that sometimes we want to shake our fists, but know that God is in the middle of our affliction That he is the comforter. That he loves us. And church, do you want God to win? Amen. So it says, By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. My sole desire is that our church would understand That life may be hard But God is greater And God is good And I know that emotions might come up in your heart and in your life But I want you to take that comforter And just wrap yourself up with him Feel his presence And say, God, here I am I was wounded I was bruised But because of your love and mercy for me, I have hope. And my only hope that I have is in you, Jesus. So would you cry out to him today? For me, I know I needed to know that in the midst of all my trials and tribulations, my reputation is nothing. But it's something with Jesus. Take on his covering. Take on his anointing. And let the great comforter of all times comfort you in the time of your need. Do you receive that today? Amen. Let's rise to our feet. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being with us today, Father God. And I pray that all of us can sense the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. God. I am feeling a deep sense from some people in this room that need you. So, God, thank you for bringing us to this place today to hear from your word and to speak your word with clarity. So, God, let the God of all comfort comfort each person as they transfer that need and as they surrender their need to you. Father, comfort them in this difficult time of their life. God, we thank you for being with us. Thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for lifting us up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.